Let's pray. Father, we just thank you today for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness and your kindness toward us. Lord, we believe that you're at work in our midst, in our lives today. And we ask you for utterance in the Spirit now, utterance in the Holy Ghost, to, to speak your word, to, uh, to share what things need to be said today that will help us, that will enable us to move forward in your plan. Lord, give us all eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts open and receptive to all you would do and say today, in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. John 15, did I tell you that already? John 15, verse 16, 15, 16. Jesus speaking here says, uh, you did not choose me but I chose you. How, how many believe that it, your salvation was not just entirely dependent upon your intellectual prowess and uh, ability? Prowess, thank you. I thought I had that word wrong. Uh, your ability just to make right decisions. It wasn't. It was about how the Lord was smart enough and compassionate and mercy enough, merciful enough to choose us, right? And that what the scripture said, you didn't just, I mean, a lot of times we think that because we are only seeing our side. We think, yeah, one day, I mean, I decided to go to church, you know, or one day I decided to pray. I decided to seek after God and I decided to, uh, you know, obey his word and to call upon his name and I was saved. Well, that, you know what that almost sounds like? Give me credit, give me praise, give me glory. But the reality is, not to, it doesn't take away from the choice that we make. That's always a component. But the reality is, 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 is that God chose me before I even thought about him. Before I even had any kind of inkling that there was something wrong with me and I needed to get right and have, my, have a change in my life, he was thinking about me. He was drawing me. Remember Jesus said in John chapter 6, uh, in, in the word, he, he said, no one comes to the Father except he draw him. Or no, he said, no one comes to me except my Father draw him, right? My Father draw him. I'm so glad I was drawn. I, I mean, I, again, my, what was my part? Well, I had to respond. The Lord doesn't force anything upon us. He's not going to make us be saved, make us walk with him and live for him. But the Lord, what he does do in his love and mercy, he pulls on us. He tugs on our hearts, and he draws us to himself. Amen. That's why this is very clear and helpful for us to remember that we didn't make this choice. It wasn't just about our decision. It was about his decision to love us, to draw us, and to bring us near to him. Let's keep reading. Again, I'll just start from the beginning. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. Uh, that you should go and bear fruit. That you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This is interesting now. God chose us for a reason. It didn't say, you didn't choose me, I chose you, period. End of story, that's all I want you to know. No, you didn't choose me, I chose you and appointed you, why? So that you would go and bear fruit. 
That's interesting that the Lord chose us with something to do in mind. Not just chose us, period, but with a task in mind of something that he wanted us to be involved with. And so it's been on my heart for uh, actually a couple months. You know, it's, you can have multiple things going on at the same time. This, your spirit can multitask. And uh, even though we've been talking about other things that were definitely there as well. Uh, but to get in this, into this particular subject now, and I've decided to call it Picked to Produce. All right? Picked to Produce. And we see that right from the scripture that the Lord chose us for a reason. Not just and not only to be with us, not only to make us something, but so something would come through us. So that he would be able to work a work that would not stop with us and end with us, but we would just be a part of the process and a part of the outflow of God's work in the earth. He chose you. He picked you out. Got a special plan. But you know what? He wants a return. <laughs> you know what? He wants to get something out of this deal. Amen. He gave freely and unconditionally. But he chose us so that we would go and bear fruit. It's kind of like if I plant a tree, if I plant an apple tree, what am I expecting? Well, I'm expecting to get some apples. And that's, I mean, you wouldn't think, well, I can't believe you would expect that out of your tree. I mean, can't you just be happy that it's there and that it's alive and that it's in the yard? And it, well, actually, um, no. If it looks nice, I'm pleased that fact, I'm pleased with the fact that it looks nice. But you know what? I could have planted a different kind of tree. Uh, if I wanted an apple tree, it's because I have a genuine and it's real, it's right, it's fair, an expectation to receive apples from that tree. All right. Could it be that the Lord in planting us, in establishing our lives, has an expectation that certain things would come out of our lives and that that expectation is not unjust, it's not unfair, it's just normal with what he's done in us. Okay, I, I think the Lord is right to expect something to come through us, just like, again, if I planted a tree, I would expect fruit from that tree, uh, and that would be normal. It would be quite the contrary, it would be abnormal for me to think, oh, I don't really know if I'm going to get any apples out of that. I mean, that's not really the main issue. Well, why would you plant a tree like that then? It's like if you buy a car, you probably have a goal, like maybe to go places. <laughs> if you buy a car, you intend to use that car for an intended purpose. I want to be able to drive from here to there and get XYZ gas mileage and be able to carry this amount of people and this amount of uh, whatever else you want to put in a car, and you buy a certain car of a certain size and color uh, because you expect to get something out of that car. What if you bought a car, spent good money on it, and you know, uh, you know, you had, maybe you had it delivered, and uh, well, you know, maybe maybe you never test drove it, nothing like that. Uh, but you got out, you get out of your house the one morning, you're about to use your brand new car, come to find out it doesn't start. Are you happy about that? Well, well, at least I got a car. I mean, at least I still have it, you know. 
Or, you know, maybe, maybe you got it started and, and it sounds good. Wah, wah. So, ah, I like this car. And, you, you, you know, you put, tried to put it in, in to drive and nothing. It won't go into gear. Are, are you so happy? I mean, at least it sounds good. Looks good. Sounds good. But it still doesn't serve your intended purpose, right? Or if there's some other problem with the car, you'd be very, very disappointed with that car because that's not why you bought it. If you wanted a, you know, a decoration, you probably could have, you, you know, you would have bought a, a, a car decoration. Some people do that. They put it up on blocks in their front yard. And uh, <laughs> I, I guess that's why they got the car. I mean, it, you know, it's next to the refrigerator and the toilet out there. And uh, I guess they're just really stylish. Or something like that. But if I want to buy a car and I intend to use it, if I can't use it for that purpose, I think everyone kind of understands. I don't want to milk this too much. But <laughs> you, you, you know, you buy something for a reason. And this is, again, the Lord bought us. The Lord purchased us, didn't he? I mean, he created us from the beginning. But then we kind of blew it. I'm talking about mankind as, the, as a human race. Sinned, fell short of God's glory got separated from God through spiritual death, and then he went ahead and bought us back, even though he created us, <laughs> bought us back. But do you think he had anything in mind when he bought us? Yeah, he, there were certain things that he knew he would get out of this. Certain things he knew that he could do through us. What if now a child of God lives their life without any kind of... Um, uh, any kind of thought process that I am supposed to bear fruit for him. Well, that could be a problem. And actually, as we see and as we will see through the scriptures, when someone is barren, when, when someone is, this sounds kind of harsh, but, harsh but, but useless for the intended purpose, it's kind of a heavy subject. It's kind of a big deal with the Lord. He invested a lot in you and a lot in me. And again, it's only normal, it's natural, it's right that he gets something out of us. It seems that even from the beginning, you go back to Genesis chapter 1, and we see God, you know, created the plants and everything produced after its kind, and he created his man, and he, Adam and Eve, he gave them a command right away. Remember what that was? In, it was in, uh, in verse 28, he told them, be fruitful and multiply. God has always been interested in multiplication, always been interested in fruit. He starts it and then expects it to perpetuate on its own, so to speak, but by the ability and strength that he put in that thing. If he desired, I guess he could have just, instead of creating a couple people, he could have populated the planet just like that. So why didn't he do that? He didn't want to. <laughs> There's something about him. Watch, the same thing's in us. That same desire and passion is in human beings. But he wanted to create something that would create something. He wanted to get, why didn't he put the roads in? That would have been convenient. Why didn't he build the cities, put some buildings, put some structures up? Why, did, why didn't he, you know, lay out the, the you know master plan for the city maybe we'd have more than one freeway here <laughs> be able to get to the north side of town without <laughs> going through a, a gazillion lights and traffic uh you know but why didn't he do why didn't he do these things he wanted well let me say it this way he did 
but it wasn't his desire and it's not the way he operates where he just does it all himself. He created you and he created me and he wants to do something through us. He wants to do something through us. Why, aren't, why doesn't he just go preach the gospel to the whole world? He doesn't want to. <laughs> he wants you to. He wants me to. In other words, he does want to, but he just wants it to happen a certain way. He wants it to come through those who've already been influenced and affected by the gospel. Amen? Now, you're in John 15 there. Let's go back to verse 1. Verse 1 of John chapter 15. It says, Jesus speaking again here says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Everybody see what God is interested in here. What? Fruit. Fruit. He said, if there's something here that's not producing any fruit, we cut that thing off. Picture is of a tree or a vine. Uh, uh, if something's out, if something's, it's in the way, it's a hindrance. It's sucking the life out of everything else. And, uh, and if it's not producing, we take that thing out. And if it is producing, we start working on it so it can do more. Verse uh, verse, verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So we can see that the fruit that comes out of our lives is directly proportional to our integration with and connection with and abiding in him. All right. When I'm connected to him, his life flows through me and my life produces something special. My life produces something that is of God. But if I am not abiding in him, I lack the ability, I lack the, the life, the nutrient, whatever you might call it, to be able to produce something that is worthy of producing. Okay. And uh, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Again, the picture is of the branch separated from the vine. No longer is any fruit going to grow on that vine. But it's interesting how, I don't know if you noticed this, but you can kind of see a progression of what God is interested in. He already mentioned fruit, and then he mentioned uh, more fruit, and then in verse 5 there he mentions much fruit. Fruit, more fruit, much fruit. What does the Lord want to do through us? He wants to increase us. He wants to move us forward and take us on. I, I don't know how, again, I, I think a lot of Christians today don't even think about fruit. They don't think about this aspect of what God has called us for, why he picked us, why he chose us. It's just, I just want to live for God, you know, or I just want to, you know, I got saved and I just want to kind of like stay saved, you know, I, I'm on my way to heaven and I kind of want to make sure I stay that way. And, uh, and people have so much um, energy and effort towards spirituality and towards their relationship with God just in the area of maintaining 
what they've received. And they think, I, I just want to make sure I continue just trying to live a good life. Just trying to live a clean life. And, uh, and I'm not talking from a work standpoint of basing their salvation on it. But it's all about almost like, like eternity's in question. Or our relationship with God is in flux. And we're just trying to maintain that. How many know that person is never going to do anything good? This is why we've got so many scriptures, so many verses that guarantee us things. Jesus, you know, talking about the presence of God, how he'll, the Spirit of God will be with you forever. He'll abide with you forever. Jesus said, I'd never leave you. We're given guarantees of the, of, of the Spirit of God and, and our inheritance. Why? There, I mean, there's scripture after scripture. It's so that we can stop thinking about forever and start thinking about what am I going to do for God now? Because I'm not concerned about whether God's going to be with me today and tomorrow and a year from now. Everybody understand? I don't have to be concerned about if I blow it, God's going to leave me. If I don't live my life perfect, I make some mistake, then I'm going to get the boot and I'm out of here. No, 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 no. I see over and over in the scripture, that is not something I have to be concerned about. My desire and efforts to live for God is not to keep him with me. He said he'd never leave me. That's on him. That's not on me. Amen. Amen. But if I'm established and settled in that, let me back up. If I'm not, then I'm worried about that and then I'm always thinking about that. I'm always concerned about just maintaining my Christian life because I don't know the assurances and guarantees he's given me. But if I am established, I'm settled, I'm confident of my salvation, my eternity, my relationship with God and how it's not in flux from day to day based upon how spiritual I am that day, that's an established fact, then I can move on and be mindful of fruit. What can God do through me now? What does he want to do not only in me but come out of me into somebody else's life? And we need some Christians in our day and age who are fruit-minded who are production-minded, who want to produce something for the kingdom of God. They want to leave, quote, their mark in the earth, but it's really God's mark through them, right? They, they, they want to be able to accomplish something. I, I pray that we are, we either are or we are getting to the are, to where we are beyond just this, I'm just, being a Christian, I'm just living my life. I'm just kind of holding on. Someday we're going to go to heaven. And we're, we're past that stage. And when we wake up, it's not about, Lord, am I doing okay today? Everything all right with me and you? You know, like that, like that insecure relationship. You know, they're driving. <laughs> the guy and a girl driving down the road, one's quiet. Everything okay? You okay? You're not talking much. <laughs> it's all you know that insecure is everything all right listen between you and the lord everything is all right if it's in christ <laughs> and so we're we got we're beyond that we're beyond i'm just coming to church just to survive now if you're there we'll help you survive but i mean let's not stay there year after year hmm. some people have been there for too for too long they're still just trying to make it no, man, we got to get beyond that. And we wake up, not am I doing okay today, Lord, but no, Lord, what can we get done today? How can I represent you well in the earth? 
How can we, how can your life shine through me? How can your light shine through me more today than it did yesterday? Is there anything in this, in this life that's a hindrance between the branch and the, and the trunk? Is there, is there any hindrances from the trunk flowing through to the vine? Uh, anything that's keeping me from, from producing big, massive, honking, juicy, uh, amazing kind of fruit? Huh? I mean, no, naturally speaking, you can have different qualities of fruit. You can have, uh, you know, nowadays it's separated by uh, organic fruit, right? And uh, those with the pesticides. <laughs> and, uh, but it, it, how many know you can go to the store on any given day and you can buy produce and think, what is this? <laughs> this is, this is, there's something, this is not nice. And other times you can go and the, the fruit can be in great condition. Uh, likewise, it is with us. The Lord is not only interested in fruit, He's interested in more fruit. Not only more fruit, He's interested in much fruit. But here's the, only, here's the other thing. I, as I read after some who look at some of the Greek words, they say there's an implication here that it's not only just more, but it's better. Better. And I'm, I'm convinced of this. Uh, I'm convinced of this based on not only scriptures like this, but the witness of the Spirit inside of me as I pray, that the Lord wants to take us as a church, not only to where we are producing more fruit, He absolutely does, to where He wants us to have better fruit, higher quality. We're doing things better than we've ever done them, and we're producing more than we've ever done. And this happens in all of our lives individually, and therefore happens in us corporately. I'm excited about the days to come because the Lord is helping us even right now. And the Lord is moving us on from where we are to where we're supposed to be. And it is a land of much, much fruit. Much eternal work done for the kingdom of God. Oh, praise God. He's going to help us. And I believe through this, through this series of messages, he's going to give us words of, of direction and wisdom and clarification to where we can recognize if there's anything in us, in our thinking, in our lives that is coming between us and the vine. That is a hindrance to a free flow of God's life and his, his power that will cause us, just because we're connected to him, to produce a whole lot of fruit. All right. Everybody with me today? Anybody willing for... Uh, a little pruning to go on. We, are we open to that? Yeah, and if we want to produce much fruit, and we need to be. And the Lord will help to get us cleaned up, so to speak, and to get, those, get some of that other extra stuff out of the way so His life can flow freely in us today. All right. And so again, fruitlessness and barrenness, these things are a very serious issue with God. I want to continue reading. What verse did I stop on? Verse 5, verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. That's, if you don't like fire, that's, you might want to stay away from that, <laughs> not abiding in him. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples the lord what is he glorified in what is he glorified in you didn't get you didn't get that verse up there you are glorified in 
he is glorified in much fruit. You see where some of that comes from? I'm abiding in him, and out of that place, I ask him to do stuff, and he does whatever I ask. You can see that that's some of the fruit right there. It's called I pray, and I get it. I ask, and it's done. And God, what is he, what is he, what happens when we do that? He is glorified. So I said, God just doesn't answer my prayer. You mean he doesn't want to be glorified? He want to be, doesn't want to be glorified in your life? He's not, he doesn't, not glorified through unanswered prayer. He is glorified only through answered prayer. Amen. And so the Lord wants to take us up. Say it out loud with me. Better than ever. Amen. Say it again. Better than ever. Amen. Yeah, the Lord wants to do something in your life wants to do something through your life it's better than you've ever experienced it's better than you've ever known in in times past you may have wasted time you may have let uh some things slip by the wayside through your life where you know you haven't produced much fruit in certain areas but I tell you what if your heart is still beating God can take what you give him today he can take what you have left and cause you to rise up to a whole nother place he can I I tell you what he can take what used to take days to do and now you now it takes hours to do with the blessing and life of God what used to take an hour can take minutes what used to take a whole lot of effort to produce just a certain amount now that same amount of effort will produce 10 times the amount. This is the grace and the blessing of God that's upon us. It's the life of God that we have access to. It's the work of the Spirit of God in our lives and in our church today that He's increasing us and causing us to rise up and causing us to move forward at a pace we haven't seen in the past. Praise God. We're in the right place at the right time and God is doing something in us divine. Amen? It's a a glorious day for us to be a part of what He's doing. It's like the old, uh, the scripture in Proverbs says, Proverbs chapter 4 says the that the path of the just is like, a, uh, like the shining sun. It grows increasingly brighter and brighter and brighter into the perfect day. And that's what the Lord wants to do in our lives. Things are to get better. Things are to increase. Things are to grow. And we are to experience more. But what's necessary for us to walk in this? Sometimes it is taking an honest, hard look at the way things are and eliminating some of those things that come in the way. Some of those things that are a hindrance to our lives, okay? And so, is it possible for you and I to waste our lives away? Is that possible? Uh, yeah, you know, that's, that is a reality. It's a real reality. Someone uh, put something on Facebook recently, and they, they, they were quoting this famous preacher. And th- this, this preacher was, I think, trying to be real encouraging. But he said, everything in your life up until this time has uh, has prepared you for what you are today. Nothing has been wasted. And I thought, that's not true. That might sound real nice and people smile at that, but that's not true. I know for certain I've wasted time. <laughs> I know for certain I've wasted money before. I've wasted resources and energy. Have anybody ever stressed out about something and it maybe affected you physically in a negative way? And that was certainly a waste. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to look back and say that everything that's ever happened in my life has just all been God. It's all been right it's all been good and it's helping me today no doubt we can learn if we're smart from our mistakes but at the same time I'm not I'm not prepared to say I've done everything right and everything in my life has always been of God it just simply hasn't but I know this going forward I can make right choices to respond and to his leading and I can purpose in my heart to recognize that he values fruit he values production he values something coming through my life and therefore I value my time I value the resources that I have and if I'll do that I tell you what days of fruit 
are yet to come. Days of production of great things from God coming through our lives are on the way. And so if you're still breathing, it's not too late. God can help you to make up time. <laughs> he can help. He can do something through you that, uh, that will, you know, it, it, it'll be fruit that remains. It's something that he is glorified in. A lot of people are all talk. And they never get anything done. Uh, but I don't want to be among that group. Amen. Let's not recognize what God wants us to do. And, uh, you know, a lot of people get wore out. I don't know if you've ever felt wore out at times. You know what a lot of that comes from? It's from putting a lot of energy and a lot of effort into something and not bearing much fruit from it. You ever worked real hard? You've worked hard and nothing really happened. (laughs) Nothing good ever came out of it. That's taxing. I tell you what, that is uh, wearing down on you. But when you can do something and good comes out of it, Man, even if you're tired, even if it's like, man, that was a lot of work. That was a lot of energy. I need to rest. But it's like, I'm energized at the same time. You know, sometimes uh, after a service, Amy, Amy asked me the other night after we had that Holy Ghost powerful meeting on Wednesday night and the power of God was in here so strong, you cut it with a knife. And, and she asked, is that, is, is that, was that like, you know, tiresome or taxing or something on you or energizing? I was like, I was just analyzing myself. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) My thought was, well, yeah, both. Yeah, it's tiring in one sense. But at the same time, it's like, give me another mountain to conquer. (laughs) You know, there's something on the inside that's energizing. Why? Because there's fruit. you, you, You see results. You put a lot into it, but then you see lives changed. You see the power of God flow. And that's a, uh, there's nothing that's that's a substitute for that. There's nothing that can take the place of actually seeing results and getting things done. Um, when I was growing up, our, our family, some of them, of course, still are, but we were uh, in the dairy business. And anybody know anything about dairies? Know, th- know some things about cows? Yeah. As a, as a, as a kid, we lived in Chino, California, and it, it, Chino had a reputation for stinking. I'd meet people from other cities, and they'd say, I'd say, where are you from? I was from Chino. So they'd go, oh. <laughs> and uh, not many dairies there these days. But um, anyway, in the, in, the, in the dairy business, one of the main goals is to see how much milk you can get out of each cow. <laughs> That's basically the bottom line there because, you know, you don't make, you don't have cows typically, you know, just because you like the smell or you're impressed with their intelligence or... <laughs> Or, or, or something. I'm not saying people can't love the cows, but their primary motivation is because that white stuff turns into green stuff, <laughs> right? Money. And so there's a whole science behind the whole industry of what to feed the cow, when to feed the cow, when to milk the cow. Should you milk it twice a day or three times a day? And uh, there's a whole science behind the industry. Why? You want to get as much out of that cow as you possibly can. You want to milk that thing (laughs) right and get as much out and you can you know they milk a lot of those three times a day you can get 80 85 pounds of milk out of a cow per day you know that's like uh you know 10 gallons of milk per day uh uh, out of each cow and uh and so you can get lots of milk but is that wrong for the dairyman to think production to think i want to get the most out of this cow as i can no, that's what he's in business for. 
Is it wrong for the Lord to have this mindset toward us that he wants to get the most out of us that he can? Are already saved, already going to heaven, already loved. He, he wants to get something out of us, and that's a good thing. Amen. Why? There's a big, big world here. There's a lot to do. God has great plans, and he loves all the people who are lost. And he wants to do something through your life. I've always been a big believer. I know there's different ideas on this, and I don't care if everyone agrees with me on things that are my opinion. You know, if I give you a verse, let's stay with that together. But I think we're supposed to milk this earth. I do. I think we're supposed to use up the resources on it because God's got us here for a certain amount of time. And why is the oil here? It's for my car. (laughs) I think we should get all of it out as as much as we can and use it up. You mean use all of it, like milk it dry? Absolutely. The gold, the, you know, the precious mineral, to whatever degree they can be a blessing to humanity, we're supposed to use them up. We're supposed to use the stuff that is here. And, uh, and, and again, God wants, to, God wants to produce things. God wants uh, things to come through us. He wants to do things through our lives. Did we read Luke 13? You guys are just doing too good a job today because I didn't even get to Luke 13 yet. We'll try to finish up here uh, in an expedited fashion. Luke 13 and verse 6 paints us a picture of this same principle. Uh, he, he, spoke a, he spoke this parable. A, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, look, For three years, I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? Well, that's pretty harsh, isn't it? I mean, it's a nice fig tree. I mean, a fig tree's never done him anything wrong. What did he say? Cut it down. It's wasting the ground. But he answered and said said to him, Sir, uh, let it alone this year. Until I dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that, you can cut it down. This principle is very interesting to me. I know the prophetic sense. This very likely is talking about Israel and how they weren't producing. And so they got cut off in 70 AD. And, you know, they, weren't, they were gone for a long time until recently. And, uh, but from a, just a real practical standpoint, this principle is something that's real. If something's not producing, it's wasting space. If it's a fig tree and there's no figs on it, I mean, Jesus dealt with another fig tree that was showing signs of figs, and he removed that from the earth, right? And he says, in this case, it's wasting the ground. We can use that space for something productive. The Lord does not want our lives to be a waste. We should have that attitude about our time and our money, our energy, everything we put our hand to, I don't want to waste it. And it's possible for a person to waste their lives away, waste the resources that they have, but that's not God's plan. We should all be busy. We should all be doing something. You know, a woman who is, who is barren and unable to have children is oftentimes very heartbroken by that. They're oftentimes very sad because that's, that's something that's innate within people that they want to 
have offspring. They want to produce, and that's a troublesome thing. I tell you what, it is with the Lord as well. When people are not able to have something come through their life, not only is it disappointing to us, that's not what He designed us for. He created us with a purpose, with a reason to get some things done. We sometimes talk in the Word of God in, in, in church circles and stuff about stewardship. Stewardship has to do with managing the affairs of another. That means somebody else owns it, I'm taking care of it. In our case, we, know, we recognize that, uh, that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? And the hills underneath the cattle. Right? He, 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 the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And everything we have, everything we, we call ours, is really His. And we're just managing, we're just being good stewards, hopefully good stewards, of the resources of God. But it all, a lot of that has to do, how can I be a good steward? It has to do with, I do right with what I have. I, I, I'm making the most of what's been placed in my hand. What has been given to you? I'm talking not just naturally, it, but it is natural resources, but it's your brain. It's the things you know. It's the gifts that you have inside of you. It's the anointing and the spirit of God. It's the word that's been deposited in you. God wants to use all these things. The scripture says that we should be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. What is that? That's talking about all of his divine ability that works through us. We're to be good stewards of that. In other words, I'm making the most of every opportunity, I'm using what's been given to me, and, uh, and, and, uh, and again, God's not a God of waste. We shouldn't be people of waste. Let's not let our lives, even for a moment, be wasted. Let's not go to the other extreme, you know, where people become poverty-minded. Oh, and they call, it, they call everything waste. <laughs> oh, you could have, <laughs> you know, you could have uh, you could have dealt with, you know, ha- handled half of that, or you could have bought the cheaper one, and it's just got poverty written all over it. That's not God either. He's a God of abundance and a God who doesn't waste. Amen. And we should have the same mindset towards all that we have put our hands to, all that w- is within our power in life. Now, one last scripture. Let's look at Hebrews 9 and verse 27. Hebrews chapter 9. In verse 27, notice what it says here. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Notice that that language. It is appointed for men to die, what? Once, and after this, the judgment. Why do I bring that scripture in? Basically, we've only got one shot at this. We've only got one shot. Your life on earth is temporary. My life is temporary. It's not going to perpetuate decade after decade after decade, century after century. No, I'm only here for a limited amount of time. What I do with my time here on the earth, it will impact forever. Or the lack of what I do with my life here on the earth, that will have a, maybe a, a negative or a zero impact on forever. And so I can't really waste my time. I can't really put things off. As soon as I get this problem figured out, then I'm going to start, uh, you know, doing more for the kingdom of God. No, 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 no. Your life will be over before you know it. And so many people, their life is. They're on the edge 
of passing in, and maybe they're saved, praise God, if they are going to heaven. But so many times they live, they die with regrets for all the things they didn't do. They wasted their time away. I mean, they are experts at the remote control. And I'm semi-skilled there too, so no condemnation. But they are experts, listen, at doing things that don't really matter, that aren't going to make a difference. So you, you ever hear, maybe you have, but people talk like this, especially when they're getting oftentimes older or maybe retired. Uh, they have a lot of goals in life, but those goals oftentimes are summed up with, I still want to do these things before I die. I want to see these places. I want to travel here, and I want to travel, and I want to see this, and I want to see that, and they, they want to, you know... They want to do their bucket list, right? They, they, they want to accomplish certain things. I still want to do this with my life. Listen, from one standpoint, there's nothing wrong with you seeing and being able to do a lot of things. You want to jump out of an airplane, jump out of an airplane with a parachute. And uh, you, you want to do certain activities, go for it. We are supposed to absolutely enjoy life. You have opportunity to see things, see them. But you know what? If that's what we live for, let's realize this, we get zero reward for that. Zero reward for that. Is there anything wrong with it? Not in and of itself. And I'm not saying not to do it. But people think, I've got to see these things before I die. Are you serious? I mean, it, do we really think that our lives are this long and then it's over? When we leave this life, sightseeing is just beginning. And if there's some sights on the earth, that there's some activities that I never did, I never got an opportunity to do, it's not going to be a problem. If I invested myself and had fruit come out of my life, that's what's going to last forever. That's what I'm going to live in the reward for. Amen. And if I don't get to do everything I want to, big whoop de do. There is going to be plenty of time for all eternity to do a lot of stuff. And if I don't get it all in, in my few years here on the earth, it's okay. But here's what's not okay. If I live my life and there's no fruit. There's no fruit from my labors. There's no fruit from my existence. From what, from what God invested in me, there's nothing to show for it other than I ended up in heaven. That's not okay. That's not okay with the Lord. Let's not let it be okay with us. Amen. We were picked, weren't we? Man, I'm so glad he drew me. Drew me to himself. But I'm good now. I'm secure. He loves me, and I know that he does. Let me have my mind on the right thing. Let's let something come through me. Lord, may your power go through me. May you do something in my life that lasts forever. Amen. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your faithfulness, and your kindness toward all. Thank you for the blessing of the Lord. We're so thankful for what you have done, what you've begun, thankful for the Son, thankful for what you've given us, thank you for what you've provided. Lord, we are resting in your love. We rest in your grace 
We rest in your presence. But Lord, at the same time, help us to see all we can be. Help us to grow. Help us to recognize that very life that works in us to produce, to cause fruit to abound, to cause fruit to be spread around all through our days, Lord, all through our time on the earth. Do something through us. Lord, we open ourselves, we open our hearts, open up our lives to make adjustments and changes, to remove those things that hinder, to let those things that are in the way get out of the way so that we can be most productive for you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, you love us no matter what's happened, no matter what we've done or what we haven't done. Thank you that you love us. We rest in that again today. Lord, show us how we can be fruitful. Thank you, Lord. There needs to be some, some cleaning up, some pruning going on. Lord, work it, work it in us today. Work it through us today. We yield ourselves to you in every way. Thank you for your presence now. Thank you for your grace. What an amazing God you are. We're strengthened in you. We're established in you. And we're fruitful, connected to the vine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us to make the most of our time today. Give you the glory and praise. All the glory, all the honor. Let's do your name. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that right now, even right now, the Spirit of God is working in hearts to set us aside, to make there be a distinction between us and those without. There's a setting aside, there's a lifting up, there's a setting apart in hearts and lives today. And you're shining through us bright, 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 bright. We give you the thanks and praise. Father, I pray.